It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Hello and welcome to Stephanomics, the podcast that brings the global economy to you. And the global economy today is not a happy place. The recession in the US was barely even on the radar just a few months ago. Now, Bloomberg's economists reckon there's a 75% chance the US will be in recession by the end of next year. Stock markets have been falling. and US households say they feel gloomier about the economy now than at any time in the last 40 years. This can't be good news for President Biden. When you think about the handful of one-term US presidents in the past half century, Jimmy Carter or George H.W. Bush, the one thing they all had in common was that the economy was in recession during the second half of their time in office. Those recessions were usually caused by the Federal Reserve slamming on the economic brakes by raising interest rates, which it did this week. But if you're listening to this outside the US, you'll know others aren't doing so well either. In fact, as Bloomberg TV's Lizzie Burden reminds us a bit later, the UK, in many ways, has it even worse. The exporters in Asia, who rely on all those now very gloomy Western consumers, are already bracing themselves for a tough Christmas. Our chief economics correspondent for Asia, Ender Curran, has spoken to some of those exporters in Hong Kong. And you'll want to stick around for the interview with the man who sells pop-up swimming pools for dogs. But first, we have our chief economist, Tom Warlick, to guide us through it all. Tom, thanks for being here. And I should say we're speaking on Wednesday, a few minutes after the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point. That's the biggest single increase since 1994. Tom, we've talked about it a lot before. I mean, the Fed has got plenty wrong in the past year, especially their inflation forecasts. Have they now got this right? So I think the challenge, Stephanie, is that there really isn't a right response from central banks to the type of inflation which the world now faces. If you want to get inflation under control while minimising the impact on growth, what you really need to do is get Saudi Arabia to increase oil production get Russia to allow wheat out of Ukraine uh, and get Taiwan to produce more semiconductors so we can get auto production back online. Um, And the last time I checked, Chair Powell, powerful though he is, doesn't have instruments to do any of those things. So a 75 basis point rate hike is necessary to get inflation under control. But because it's not going to be actually dealing with the root causes of that inflation, Unfortunately, the mechanism is going to be by destroying demand, putting more people out of a job and potentially tipping the US economy into a hard landing. Well, you're right that this time does feel different. 
I mean, we've got used to recessions and financial crises, which I, I guess are, are driven ultimately by what's in people's heads. So their, their confidence in the future or, or in the case of the financial crisis, their fear that banks might be about to go bust. And you can change the situation by just making people feel differently about those things and the economy can pick up. But it is true that a big part of the problem today in the US is that there's too much demand, too much money washing around the economy, sitting in bank accounts. But that excess demand is interacting with some real supply constraints, which, as you say, the Fed can't do very much about. They can't get grain shipments going again out of the Black Sea. And they can't reach a deal with Iran, say, that would get Iranian oil back into the global market and maybe push down the price a bit. But I guess, Tom, amidst all this gloom, you know, we should remember the other oddity, which is that the US economy in many ways is in quite good shape. You know, Households may be feeling very downbeat, but it, there's still decent growth and we've got unemployment at record low levels. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's why uh, Powell and co have got some hope of negotiating a soft landing here. Household balance sheets are looking pretty robust. Many households still sitting on a bunch of savings from that pandemic period stimulus. Business profits, business profits are looking pretty, pretty healthy as well. So businesses can carry on hiring, carry on investing. At Bloomberg Economics, one of the things we've done is bundle together an unlucky 13 set of indicators uh, into a recession probability model. Um, and what that model is telling us right now um, is that even with the aggressive Fed tightening, because household um, savings are strong, because business profits are strong, the chance of a recession this year, chance of a recession in 2022, is really quite low. That's some good news for Powell, some good news for Biden, of course, as he approaches the midterm elections. Um, the chances of a recession looking further out, though, get much higher. Our model is telling us that by the end of 2023, um, a recession is actually going to be pretty hard to avoid. Well, they used to say when the US sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And it's funny, we saw a bit of that this week with the European Central Bank coming out and worrying that financial conditions were tightening even faster in the Eurozone than in the US, even though Europe's inflation problem isn't really on the same scale as America's. But when it comes to the UK, you can't help thinking it really does look like it's in a much worse state than America, perhaps any other major developed economy. So I think the UK is a place which is in a sort of uniquely disadvantageous position right now, Stephanie. Um, the UK, like Europe, are not energy producers, so they are seeing all the costs of high oil and gas prices and none of the benefits. The UK, like the US, has an overheated labour market, which is adding to inflationary pressure. Um, in addition to those problems, uh, the UK has a, a leadership which, uh, love them or loathe them right now, I think we could all agree are not unequivocally focused on economics as their number one priority. Um, and of course, there's the drag which comes from Brexit and the additional regulatory burdens and uncertainty that brings. Um, so we see recession risk for the United States heading into the end of 2023. Um, in the UK, the risk is actually a bit more front and centre. Uh, and indeed, we think the UK economy is already going to be contracting in the second quarter of this year. 
Well, we can hear more on that subject now from Lizzie Burden, who some of you will remember from her days as a lowly economic reporter. She's now an economy and government correspondent for Bloomberg Television. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The UK is sliding into a recession in all but name in 2022. Statistical quirks like the extra bank holiday in June to celebrate Queen Elizabeth II's Platinum Jubilee may mean that Britain avoids two consecutive quarters of contraction, but almost every other economic metric is screaming slowdown. Consumer confidence, for example, is already below levels seen in any economic downturn since at least the 1970s, and that's before the full effects of the fastest deflation in decades kick in. Meanwhile, the housing market, which, of course, the British are obsessing over, is showing some signs of cooling, with demand for mortgages dropping as interest rates rise. Here's Bank of England Deputy Governor John Cunliffe in an interview with ITV. Uh, we see evidence of a slowdown in the housing market. I think there are some, some straws in the wind that the market is starting to turn. Uh, as you know, the bank expects the economy it's, it's already slowing, and we expect it to slow further, slow quite a lot. Uh, over the next year or so. And I think, yes, that will have an impact on the housing market. Now that leaves post-pandemic Britain on course to underperform every other major leading economy next year, posing a severe headache for both Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey and Prime Minister Boris Johnson. With inflation set to peak in double digits in October, five times the Bank of England's 2% target, Bailey and his colleagues have little option but to keep raising interest rates, even if it means making the cost of living crisis worse in the short run. For Johnson, whose own party almost toppled him last week, rescuing the economy is vital if he's to survive much longer. In an interview with Bloomberg's Kitty Donaldson, even the characteristically tiggerish Prime Minister had to admit the government's limits. We're going to have a difficult period. I mean, we've got to be absolutely clear with people. It is going to be difficult and the government c cannot solve every problem. 
and we can't cover everybody's uh, extra cost. But what we can do is make sure that we deal with the underlying causes of inflation, but also keep our economy strong and open to investment. You say the economy is strong, but um, do, do you think we're headed towards recession? Not necessarily at all. I think that there are ways forward for the UK that are incredibly exciting. So if we make sure that we have a proactive approach to talent from abroad, we want to control immigration, but allow the talent that we need to come in. We fix our energy supply issues. We get, we fix the issues in the UK labour market. I mean, one of the incredible things about the economy right now is that unemployment is at its lowest level since I was 10 years old. Signs of the mounting pressure on households and businesses were revealed in data this week. On Monday, the latest GDP figures showed that the economy unexpectedly contracted in April. On Tuesday, we learned that real wages fell the most in at least 21 years as pay rises were devoured by price growth. And on Friday, data are expected to show that retail sales also fell in May. Sandwiched between those reports, the BOE on Thursday is expected to deliver an unprecedented fifth straight hike to take rates to their highest since 2009. What's clear is that the fragility of the economy as it emerges from the pandemic means that the UK is facing a long period in the doldrums, hobbled by continued feeble productivity growth rather than a short, sharp downturn. New legislation that would override the part of the Brexit deal pertaining to Northern Ireland could make things even worse if the European Union retaliates with a trade war. Take a listen to this warning from Stephen Kelly, Chief Executive of Manufacturing Northern Ireland, when he was on Bloomberg Radio. This is the one thing that that many in the UK don't understand. The EU can, within hours, introduce uh, particular controls, particular aggravations uh, that will directly impact uh, UK industry, the UK economy and consumers. Uh, this isn't necessarily about applying the EU applying huge tariffs on British cheese or any other item. Uh, they could have a whole series of things that would cause almost instantaneous problems for the UK. And that's a very dangerous thing to do in the midst of a cost of living crisis and a cost of doing business crisis in the UK. Even before the bill, the Bank of England saw a major drop in output of around 1% in the final quarter of the year, followed by a small contraction in 2023 and stagnation in 2024. Similarly, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development's outlook for the UK next year is the worst among major nations. In an interview with Bloomberg Television, the OECD's chief economist Laurence Boone explained why. There are several reasons why and the UK has lower growth than other G7 economies next year. Uh, one is the higher inflation, the other is tighter and faster, mon- faster monetary policy tightening and also faster fiscal consolidation. So what we're recommending to the UK uh, is actually to consider the pace at which fiscal consolidation is taking place if, if growth was too slow as uh, fast as what we're describing. So. More tax cuts needed, says the OECD, and a new £15 billion support package from Chancellor Rishi Sunak only offers temporary relief. Here's Rebecca MacDonald, chief economist at the Joseph Roundtree Foundation, giving evidence to lawmakers of the Treasury Select Committee. Even before this period of high inflation, there was a lot of people who were in debt, uh, a lot of people experiencing poverty. Um, It doesn't even start to kind of uh, Mm. attack those 
longer term issues. It simply is a, it is an effective, but it's a kind of short term emergency package. So even if the technical definition of a recession isn't met, all that adds up to one of the bleakest periods for the UK economy in decades. So Lizzie mentioned there uh, this line about, you know, it'll, it might seem like a recession even if it isn't formally a recession. We're certainly getting very poor growth forecasts now for the UK this year and potentially next year. The UK economy may barely grow, um, but we might technically miss the definition of a recession. That's something that you've looked at, uh, I know, particularly for the US, but also for some other countries, this idea that we even it, it may not be a recession, but it might actually feel worse than that for households because of the peculiar nature of this shock. Do you want to just tell us a bit more about that, Tom? Yeah, so it's kind of an oddity of economics that the, the macro picture often doesn't match up with the lived experience of, of many households. Um, and I think that's especially true uh, in the case of a recession. Um, so if we think about a really severe recession in the United States, um, you'd see perhaps 10% of workers unemployed. They're having a terrible time. But for 90% of workers, the recession means their wages might go up a bit more slowly, but they still have a job and they're not having too terrible a time. Contrast that with the situation today, where we're not in a recession, unemployment is very low, but inflation is super high. That's something which impacts 100% of households. Whether you're unemployed, whether you have a job, you're experiencing the same very, very high increase in prices, which is eroding your spending power. Um, so we're not, in a, we're not in a recession right now in the United States, but for many households, it's going to feel not just like we're in a recession, but in many ways worse than it would do if we were in a recession. Finally, Tom, if you can bear it, we should round this off and think about the global picture and especially the prospects for emerging market economies. Because this, this combination of rising interest rates in the US, slowing Western demand, I mean, historically, that has been very bad news for emerging market economies. And now you have China lockdowns weakening the picture for China too. Um, in a few months' time, do you think we're going to be looking at a string of emerging market crises? Yeah, I think that's right, Stephanie. I think there's there's two trends globally which are having a negative impact on all emerging markets. Uh, so the first is the sharp slowdown in global growth. You mentioned the China lockdowns. That's a big blow to demand from China. Europe, obviously, slowing sharply, partly as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Global growth, bad news for the emerging markets. At the same time, you've got the Fed aggressively hiking rates, 75 basis point rate hike at the June meeting. Global borrowing costs are going up, and that's bad news for emerging markets, which are dependent on foreign capital to finance their operations. At the same time, you've got another crucial trend for the global economy right now, which is going to be playing out in a different way for different emerging markets. And that's the sharp increase in commodity prices. If you're a commodity importer, like Sri Lanka, for example, all three of these trends, weaker global growth, higher global borrowing costs, and higher commodity prices are hitting you at exactly the same time. And that's why Sri Lanka 
has slid into crisis, and that's a risk facing other emerging market commodity importers as well. If you're a commodity producer, though, like Brazil, for example, big producer of iron ore and soybeans, the increase in commodity prices is actually a positive for you, and it's offsetting some of the negative impact of weaker global growth and higher global borrowing costs. Well, our chief Asia economics correspondent in the current has gone to talk to some of the exporters who are bracing themselves in Hong Kong for declining demand in the West. Here's his piece. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Best-selling item. We have a patent on this one. We'll open up like this. So normally for a pool, you need to uh, put air by pumping air into the wall and, and floor. That is Sydney Yu. He's showing me how to use their pop-up swimming pools for dogs. His company, Prime Success Enterprises, makes all kinds of cooling products in China for pets to use in hot weather. You know, so that your dog will not be a hot dog, you know, in this summer. So, uh, so as long as you uh, moist this... The pop-up pool he's showing me now was their best seller during the pandemic. Demand for pet products rocketed over the last two years as people spent more time at home with their pets. Well, things are changing. Like other manufacturers across Asia, Yu is seeing signs that soaring inflation and rising interest rates in the West are starting to impact consumer demand for his full range of products that include children's play tents and other items for families. We have been expecting a better growth than what we have been seeing now because like uh, for the last two or three months we see that the overseas market are opening up, you know, a lot of uh, restrictions are being lifted in uh, Western countries. Uh, we were expecting uh, a very uh, like a stronger growth, you know, in terms of demand, but uh, we did not see that trend 
clearly yet at the moment. You know, the business has been steady, but then we expect it to be stronger. This could be an important signal from Asia, known as the world's factory floor, for where the global economy is headed. Robust exports from Asia, especially China, have been a major dynamo in the recovery from the pandemic. But there are signs that demand is fading as inflation hits consumer pockets and as consumers shift their spending from goods to services. Supply blockages stemming from China's COVID lockdowns and Russia's invasion of Ukraine are also impacting. Steve Chuang is one of those who has noticed a shift. He runs a company called ProVista Group. Yes, we are the R&D and manufacturing company. We have headquarters in Hong Kong, two factories in Dongguan, and one in Manila, the Philippines. ProVista makes products such as power systems for camper vans and other recreational vehicles. Like Sydney Yu, Chuang also saw his order book hit records during the pandemic as people were forced to vacation closer to home. So for me, actually, during year 2020 and year 2021, we have a record high growth uh, during my 25 years of business. Basically, 30 to 40 percent increase every year. Chuang told me that overall demand remains robust, but he doesn't think export orders will repeat the levels they did during the first years of the pandemic. Well, you know, you can feel the inflation and also the very high interest rate. The spending power in our major markets, as I mentioned, in USA and Europe, is becoming very soft. So trade will still grow, but it won't be as high as I mentioned in year 2021. Some manufacturers are even seeing weakening orders as far ahead as for the Christmas shopping season. Chen Zijian is a sales manager for a Guangzhou-based manufacturer. They make a wide variety of products from watering cans and tablecloths to Christmas-themed storage bags for customers in the US and Western Europe. Compared to last year, our orders have declined quite a lot. I think the inflation in the US and Europe has had a very big impact on our business. I manage our online orders, and they have declined by more than half from last year. The slowdown isn't yet at the point of a trade recession. Both analysts and manufacturers say underlying demand remains solid and consumers have money to spend. Chinese exports have rebounded from lows hit during Shanghai's lockdown, suggesting there's still demand. Still, this year's big inflation surge and a hawkish turn by central banks are going to show up in order sooner or later. That's according to Stanley Zito. Hi, I'm Stanley Zito, the executive chairman of Leverstyle, a Hong Kong-listed garment apparel uh, supply chain company. Zito's company makes high-end garments for leading global brands. He told me, up till now, shipments have remained strong because of the post-COVID rebound. But he doesn't see it lasting. But I must admit that I don't see this continuing into deep into the second half, especially from Q4 onwards. So we're seeing there is a perfect storm of uh, several macroeconomic factors that are going to seriously dampen consumer demand. While policymakers are trying to calm investor fears about a hard landing, and they say their consumers have enough resilience to cope with rising interest rates, manufacturers like Zito remain to be convinced. Yeah, I think it's... Uh what, what, what happened last year uh, when the Fed said, oh, 
inflation is only temporary, uh, but it turned out to be you know, very uh, uh, structural. Uh, you know, show, showed us that uh, even the Fed, you know, with all its analytical powers and you know all the data it has, uh, is not a perfect forecaster. And uh, so right now, whatever central bankers and governments are saying, you know, I hope that they are right, that the consumer can uh, can take that. But uh, you know, I I I don't uh, I won't believe in it until I see it. And the current Bloomberg News. That's it for this episode of Stephanomics. We'll be back next week with, among other things, news from Sri Lanka and that debt crisis that Tom Orlick mentioned. In the meantime, do please rate the show if you like it and check out the Bloomberg News website for more economic news and views on the global economy. You can also follow at Economics on Twitter. This episode was produced by Magnus Henriksen, Summer Sadi and Elina Ganatra. With special thanks to Tom Orlick, Lizzie Burden, Eugene Liu and Young Young. Mike Sasso is executive producer of Stephanomics and the head of Bloomberg Podcast is Francesca Levy. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.